0: Greetings everyone. I'm excited to welcome Myresh Patole, founder at Chronicle. Myresh, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you so much for having me, Ben. It's great to be here.
0: Yeah, really appreciate you being here. So let's dive right in. Tell us a little bit about your background.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm quite a new and a relatively young founder. I started Chronicle about a year and a half ago. I used to be a management consultant and a designer before that. It's two extreme ends of the world. <laughs> uh, I think I always have lived and breathed and thrived in that sort of intersection of left brain and right brain. I was an engineering student back in back in India and grew up in India for for a big part of my life. Live in Sydney right now. It's been my home for the last four and a half years uh, and building the company globally. So that's been that's been a nice experience. But yeah, hopefully that tells you a bit about about
0: me. Yeah, that's great. I love that. So yeah, the management background, engineering student, like a, a nice combination there. I'm living in Sydney now. So tell us about Chronicle. What does Chronicle offer for products and services?
1: So Chronicle is a modern format of storytelling. The reason why I call it that is because it's not a faster way to output slides. It is really trying to take a step back and reimagining what the ideal format for storytelling today is. A good part of that is trying to reimagine the experience for the audience, because that's where these formats have really failed. So Chronicle enables anyone, any team to output highly impactful, stunning presentations, uh, but effortlessly. You don't have to be a designer, you don't have to know information design, motion design, or visual design to be able to get to an amazing output at the end. That's the promise for Chronicle and that's that's the platform that we're building.
0: Okay. Really interesting. Yeah. When I was on your side, I'm like, I think I could use your solution. I do a lot of create a lot of PowerPoint for my courses. So we'll talk about that later. So really interesting. So you said founded about a year and a half ago. So founded, what was that late 2021 or.
1: Yeah, it was founded around 2021, I think. It's really hard to pin a date in which, like, Chronicle sort of came up in my mind. Even what I say around 2021 is when we started really hiring the team. I always call that the start of Chronicle, the organization, more than the idea. I think in in many ways, Chronicle's almost a decade year year old, like decade old, because it has really sprung out of my own affair with presentations. And contrary to what a lot of people believe, I don't hate PowerPoint or presentations. In fact quite the opposite i was quite good at it or so i believe at least and i was always known for it it was quite an integral part of my identity both at university and then at bcg as a consultant and basically everywhere i went and in an effort to truly answer this question that i kept getting asked a lot which is how i make my presentations that's where chronicle started so it's been brewing for a very long time there's a lot of internalized sort of learnings Thought processes, design approaches that are only now coming to to surface, and then the company started about a year and a half ago. But yeah, it's really been around in my head for a very long time. Yeah.
0: And interesting, a little bit more about Chronicle. So, are you going after companies, large, small? Are you going after does you know designers, freelancers? Who who is that target audience for you? I could see it could be a pretty big audience.
1: Yeah, at, at the broadest level, I think stories are ubiquitous. Presentations are one part of of sort of storytelling, but you will see people telling stories every day. One can almost say that every great thing that we've done as human beings kind of finds its origins in, in a story that someone, someone told at some point. Someone imagined a different world and that's how things came about. I think as a starting point, we want to attack stories in the business world, in the office. Within that, there are obviously so many use cases that we need to prioritize amongst. So We've seen that in the early testing of Chronicle, this format and this value proposition resonates a lot with founders of medium to small sort of startups, those cutting edge teams that, that are first ones to adopt modern tools and productivity software. That's where it's, it is finding its sort of early believers. And that's what we will double down on. We surely think there's a huge need there for better storytelling at a, in, a, in a much more convenient way. So that's sort of the early focus. But there's no doubt in our minds that this is a very horizontal product. It will span industries and many different types of organizations and enterprises in the long run.
0: Yeah, it makes a ton of of sense. And so founded 2021, but the idea has been brewing for a while since working on all those presentations as a management consultant. And so is your company based in Sydney? Are you virtual?
1: Based out of, as in the parent company, is based out of Delaware. So it's a Delaware C Corp. And then we have sort of like subsidiaries in Australia and India. We are a global company from, from um, funnily enough, my, my co-founder and I have known each other for, for 10 years. We were practically sort of hanging out every single minute of our, our uni life. Uh, but when, since we've started Chronicle, we've met only a handful of times because he's in India right now uh, and I'm in, I'm in Sydney. And we've kind of built that remote culture in the company. Mm-hmm. Uh, how that scales, how we go, yet to see. I, I think there mm-hmm. are some really debates happening around how remote culture scales or works. But so far, the team's really bought into that way of working. It's really worked for us. We are able to deliver a product and we are able to do good thinking in this flexible lifestyle. So for this small team, it's really sort of working out. Yeah, That's great.
0: And tell us about your current team size.
1: It's 15 people, so very small or, I mean, relatively big, yeah. four. For, for sort of your appetite, it's largely focused on product. So it's the two of us, the founders. We have about seven engineers. The design team is largely here in Australia. And, and a lot of those are essentially just my colleagues from from the past. Uh, I think that's been a very satisfying experience to pitch this in in its early days and, and in, in a place where there was no shape or form to it, to some of my colleagues and see them really believe in it and find sort of true conviction in the opportunity and and join me on the journey. So yeah, there's there's 15 people, mostly designers and engineers, one product person who's based out of US and the two of us founders. Yeah.
0: Okay. And I was on your site and it looked like there was a beta sign up. I didn't see any pricing. So are you right now pre-revenue and just on, onboarding early adopters?
1: Yeah, in a in a closed beta and I think we are we are, if I'm being very transparent and and honest, we are a few ways away from monetization as the journey. I think that will come as a as quite a logical and obvious next step after we drive some growth and see some adoption happening and some of those PLG loops turning. And I both have sort of commercial and strategy backgrounds. The pricing part of things and just the revenue side of things is something that we are very, very interested in, in driving. It's where we, we kind of find our strengths in, in some ways. The journey for Chronicle, I think, has a steeper hill to climb on the early side of things, where we need to find very tangible, real product market fit. And in a space like this, that's very, very hard. And building the product takes a long time as well, because there's strong behavior change involved. People have behaviors that have been acquired over the last 40, 50 years. Some of those are extremely hard to even nudge and, and change. So the focus of the journey right now is building this product, starting to drive that gradual behavior change. The second leg of the journey would be starting to see some of that baked in distribution loop and i'm more than happy to talk more about what what i mean by that and as that starts turning we will do the thinking around revenue models and pricing i think we have early thoughts on what it should be and how it should be structured but we feel fairly comfortable about taking that on as we get to the next milestone
0: yeah. Yeah, right pricing always hard and tell us how how are you thinking about pricing you know because it's so hard in the beginning you know, which price point should it be You know, perceived? Should it be variable? So how are you
1: thinking about that pricing framework for your product? It's funny you say that. I mean, in context of Chronicle, I haven't spoken to a lot of people about pricing because the conversations are always about the product at this stage, right? Mm-hmm. But if I go back to my consulting days, pricing was what I was, always sort of, I wouldn't say known for, just an associate, but it was my passion sort of topic. And I came from a consumer background in consulting. So pricing was extremely important. And in a market like India, for, for consumer goods, pricing is an extremely sensitive topic for customers. So I, I, I remember thinking quite hard about it. I always think about pricing in, in three lenses. The first One is just purely what value we are driving for for our users and having a really good sense of that in presentation space there are some interesting ways to look at it it's not just the money that people are paying for the software i think that is not the best proxy for a product like this today in order to deliver extremely high quality presentations that have good information design and like great sort of gracefully packaged sort of presentations that are engaging people actually go out and spend a lot of money on it that money comes in in various shapes and forms Sometimes that's full-time employees within organizations. Sometimes that's freelancers that help you with your deck and, and, and so on and so forth. I have myself designed a lot of decks for founders and, and seen what kind of commercial opportunity lives on the other end of that, because it unlocks a bigger sort of business value for, for these people, right? So I think the first one is value for our customers, which I have no doubt is extremely high. And we can easily put put a pin on, on what that value can be. The second is just sort of alternatives and, and competition to so to say i think productivity software has become as in it's quite proliferated in in the kind of people that we want to target and there are some easy benchmarks to see the sensitivity or and, and the willingness to pay for our from our customer side so if you look at tools like notion if you look at tools like figma all of them have different value propositions and different degree of the value that they add but it kind of gives you a sense of what is the willingness to pay there are enough presentation products that have their pricing put out publicly as well, so you can always easily benchmark and find sort of like the appetite of, of of the customer in in some ways. I think the third is just what makes sense from us for from a cost standpoint, what we need to survive. I don't think that is a limiting factor in a in a company just set up like like ours for a for a traditional B two B SaaS freemium subscription model company which we would be i don't think we will ever have cost-based pricing so Mm -hmm. the analysis really is thinking about what is the willingness to pay from our customers what is the appetite which is informed by what, what the value is and i feel quite comfortable that a standard sort of per user per month kind of pricing will will work quite well for 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 this
0: product, yeah. Okay, yeah, really appreciate you sharing the, the framework. So the value that you drive, looking at alternatives and competition, and just you know maybe from a cost perspective, so your your company can survive. So how, you know always interesting, how have you found your early adopters for the product? Is it through your own network or how did you find those guys?
1: Yeah, a lot of it is essentially our own network. I think the, the good part, and in some ways the double-edged sword, I, I would say, about this space and about the problem that Chronicle is solving is that the the problem is almost it like I haven't met a single person who has been a naysayer of the problem, which is which is great. It's validating that we are actually solving a real problem that is widespread. And it is a very deep problem, one that is not very easy to solve. And I'll I'll tell you why I say that. The there is a mistake that people make in this space which is to think that the problem here is that it's slow and tedious to make presentations that is a red herring in my view if we make presentations faster we don't really solve the problem in in my opinion the problem is that it's extremely hard to make great presentations but at the same time it's extremely easy to make bad ones and therefore the solution has to be to enable people to make great presentations of course but really the unlock is to curb people from making bad presentations. And so in order to solve that problem, I think we'll have to take a take a slightly sort of different approach. Yeah, sorry, I digress. Yeah. I think you had, had a slightly yeah. different No,
0: approach. that's interesting. Yeah. And now looking, oh. you re- recently raised some capital. So how much capital have you raised to date now?
1: We've raised 7.5 mil so far. Uh, that's that's largely two really good institutional investors coming on board on the cap table. That's Accel, which is undoubtedly one of the best investors across the globe. And SquarePeg. SquarePeg's is based out of Australia. They have presence globally. They've invested in companies across the globe. But they are really just down the road. And I, I really value that relationship with Paul, who is the co-founder of SquarePeg. and James, who who works there, they've been amazing partners in the journey so far.
0: All right. So 7.5 raised. And I also noticed in your press release, there are also some angel investors along the way, some big brand names, Apple, Google, Meta, Slack, and so on. So tell me about that Were those early investors and then you did an additional round, so tell me about these angels, because those are some pretty big names.
1: We got all our, like all the investors came through singular sort of rounds, so we've done sort of largely two rounds. First, Axel has been with us since day zero, before mm-hmm. we uh, had anything. So they're really, truly the early believers. Most of our angels joined post-Axel. And really, it was quite a proactive kind of move from us because after we got Axel on the cap table, there was a lot of inbound just based on on that. And it was an interesting experience to navigate the interests that we had and so many learnings from just that exercise. We really formed a, a very good process of organizing and then finalizing our angel allocations and 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 we still sort of have a pretty good method to go about it for for our future but yeah most of these joined post-accel and the thinking here was we sat down Tejas and I and listed out the five big areas that we will need help in and are going to face like challenges in and have will have to solve some big meaty problems in. Those areas were very well clear. And I think to, in, in hindsight, I think those were the right areas. We will keep learning more. And as we learn more, we'll find, find new sort of areas to focus on. But these were design and designing sort of new mediums and formats. And therefore, you will see a lot of these operators from social media platforms. Because those are the companies that have truly nailed the presentation and storytelling formats of today, not the actual mm-hmm. presentation format second was technology something that is quite critical and a backbone of how we execute and so very very important for us we will obviously need help there and we have some really good people who are helping us out there there's go-to-market and distribution it, it is often said that the there are two pillars that the success of a product like this rests on first one is product and its value proposition but the second is its distribution If you fail in either of these, there's there's no legs. So it has a very strong product-led growth angle. We wanted to get people who can help us, advise us, and have gone through the motions of setting up a product-led growth flywheel. So there's a few people who can help us in that. And then there are connectors who kind of help us access deeper parts of the ecosystem, who can help us connect to people that we we value. So it's kind of a combination of these, these operators, individuals who are actually bought in we always love to talk to other founders because there are some things on this journey that you just cannot learn through reading and sort of like through academic sort of Uh, industry. So yeah, there's founders on on there as well.
0: Do do you think, do you ever think you'd be an acquisition target for Canva?
1: (laughs) (laughs) It's a good question. Try to avoid it.
0: Just think about Um, that, right? Designs, presentation, storytelling. I, you know, I use Canva myself, so it just seems like a fit there.
1: I mean, it's a logical thing for a company of that size to do. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't think that is what I want to do. Uh, Not right now. I I don't know if that is a responsible response to it, but it's the honest perspective. I am, I I, Ben, I never really cared about the foundry side of things about being a founder. Like I, I actually, very early on in my career, decided I will never be a founder because I'd seen some of the pain that people go through and it just didn't seem worth it. But chronicle and like presentations are such a deeply like personal and passionate sort of problem space i like i said i'm very academic almost borderline yeah. romantic about this topic i am a massive information design nerd and my perspective on on this on on doing chronicle is that i really truly want to change the way people tell stories i don't think that is possible by being acquired by a format that that outputs slides, right? And so mm-hmm. definitely want to create a new medium. There will be opportunities and practical decisions that we'll have to make down the line where acquisitions become important, but not on the radar right sure. now from our, our Surely, Mel and Cam will, would have heard about us. I have a lot of friends in Canva, so. Uh,
0: yeah. Oh, sure. And enable. so, yeah, with the 7.5 million raised, so did you, sell the story to your investors first to raise the money to build the product. Did you build a little product and then demo? Tell me about the the timeline with that raise.
1: When we pitched to investors, the first time we pitched, I remember over, over like we had spent, Tejas and I had spent a year researching about the space. We had our own intuitions and hypotheses. A lot of those got validated, some of those got invalidated. We just spent a year just going out and talking to people, doing analysis, being consultants, and being sort of on the fence of like, let's look at more data kind of thing. So we, we were still holding on to our jobs and, and validating this in the market. Once we got conviction, and really that moment was when we realized, okay, people don't want more freedom. They just want more convenience as creators. Mm-hmm. And that the consumption experience is really broken we we both left our jobs the first thing we did after that is i wrote down i created this document that we still sometimes refer to today which was the big vision document which is what are the seven big things that chronicle needs to have and achieve as the big spaces that we will think about we're still only in the first two of those seven but i think that was the first investment i did personally the second thing i did was i started designing. A prototype that demos chronicle so we actually never sent out slides we always showed this interactive figma prototype to people because it was hard to explain mm-hmm. what a new format what an interactive presentation might look like uh, but when i showed it to people it was the same sort of i could see the gleam in their eyes the same one that i saw in my audience for the last 10 years and that that was sort of the turning point for every pitch that we've done. And so that's really where we raised. It was an interactive prototype, the very clear perspective of uh, what Chronicle can be, the opportunity. And when people are at the consumption side of that that interactive prototype, it was a slam dunk for most of the people that we showed it to.
0: Okay, so interactive prototype that you could pitch so they could get a a feel for what you're trying to deliver here on the storytelling side. And so from there, then pitch, your story, raised the money and then, then started developing your first MVP.
1: That is right. We, as soon as we raised the first bit of capital that, that, that we needed, which was 2.5 million is what we raised first. And then, then we raised five mil later. It was funny because we had barely used anything from the 2.5 when we raised the next five, but anyway, mm-hmm. the first, as soon as we raised 2.5 mil, we we stopped for a second and just invested a few months in getting the founding team together. There was no way to progress without that team. And I think that was the right investment to do. In fact, in hindsight, we even rushed that a little bit. Like Mm -hmm. we set ourselves a very aggressive target of hiring this team in in a month. We realized that's kind of unrealistic, but the first order of business was to get the right people involved. Uh, As soon as we had this sort of threshold of people in there, we just started building right away. We started, we knew, there was going to be a big period of experimentation in Chronicle. And mm-hmm. so we just started with that right away. Yeah.
0: And with that raise, that's a decent size raise for a seed round overall, the seven and a half, any lessons learned in that process that you'd like to share with other
1: SaaS founders? Oh, hundred percent. I think so many lessons and I've been pitching for a long time as an, even in my job before this, I was a venture architect. My, my job was really to come up with investment cases for new concepts. So. I was making hundreds of pitch decks in like a span of months. I was constantly making pitch decks and pitching those to prospective investors, most of them corporate investors. But I think this might sound like a fluffy like realization, but it was a bit of a social experiment that I did as I jumped from a consulting role into doing a startup as well. Investors and just the world in general, employees, users, investors, everyone, really values authenticity like painful sharp authenticity is what really gets you very far along so when people asked me questions in the first time that I pitched and I did not have answers to them I just looked them in the eye and said I really don't have an answer to that Mm -hmm. and they were okay with it we had a better conversation than if I put on my consulting sort of voice on and sort of put some answer out there so I think the first lesson was just be authentic. I think there is this weird epidemic of being flowery around like building a startup that's going around. I, I don't know why that is. Maybe there are a lot of stereotypes about being a founder or building a business, but just be plain and straightforward and investors love that. Both perspective and your existing investors would love that. And they really value that in founders is what i've I've learned and i think other founders can truly benefit from from that aspect of things i think it's very early to say that as a learning i always think it's these learnings are in hindsight to some extent so Mm -hmm. you'll find out if i'll shoot myself in the foot by being too authentic but that was the first one i think more tangible learnings around what your pitch deck should have there has to be and i believe this about presentations in general if your pitch tech doesn't move your audience, if it doesn't evoke an emotional response, and that is harder in some spaces compared to others. I, I It's rich coming from me who is making a start about storytelling. But if your pitch tech doesn't invoke an emotional response, they, it's never going to work. There's no chance. And I, I saw that like some people get it instantly, right? And it it invokes a little bit of an emotional response in them. Some people have that emotional response, but they don't fully understand what Chronicle can be or is. I think I, I'm, I engage for a follow on discussions with those people, as long as it has hit some point that is, that is a bit emotional for them. So I think look for, for that kind of, hitting that emotional note with people is the other like, thing that I would suggest founders. My pitch deck, for example, did not have a market sizing slide. Uh, and that's not me being ignorant about it. Uh, I think that was just because people knew that this is a $50 billion market option. No one ever asked me that question. So there's no point in putting that, that thing in there. On the other hand, I spent a lot of time telling them the Genesis story. I showed them pictures and YouTube videos of me talking about how to make presentations because that, that is truly where it started. So I think having those things in there is, is really important. And the last one would be, what I refer to as baiting. I think what founders don't do enough is they don't realize or spend enough time understanding what are the que- like anticipating what are the questions that they are going to be asked. So the first 10 times you pitch your product, don't look for validation, just look for the first question that the person asks and have a slam dunk answer ready for that first question for places where you actually have a really strong answer, don't put it in the pitch deck. Let someone ask you that question because then you can hit it out of the park. I think that 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 drama of storytelling I think is very important, and I personally have a lot of fun sort of thinking about this and delivering this this sort of pitch and and, and story. But yeah, those those would probably be some of my haphazard learnings recommendations
0: yeah that's great and i love that that baiting about don't if you know you've got those slam dunk answers don't put that quite in the pitch deck so you can nail that when they when it comes up so i love that so myresh as we wrap up here tell us what's next for chronicle
1: it's being very deeply focused on getting the best product in product in hands of our users there are huge things to be done on chronicle we've made very rapid progress chronicle take chronicle taking. Really amazing shape. I'm quite excited about what, what we are building. The next step is really just increasing our, our, beta and giving access to more and more people hearing what's working out for them and really finding those first few people who would just love the product. It is an, it is a highly opinionated product. Not everyone's going to like it as, as a starting point, but we really want to find our early believers, our champions, like ambassadors, evangelists and then go very deep on solving their problems so that's going to be the focus for the next year product mm-hmm. and customer
0: yeah. i love it that's great so if our listeners would like to learn more about chronicle where should we send them online
1: oh on, on our new website we recently designed it and i've for the first time even put my story out there which feels very weird now that i'm not telling it and people are reading it but yeah chroniclehq.com you should sign up for the for the waitlist yeah.
0: Oh, yeah, definitely. So ChronicleHQ.com if you'd like to learn more. And myresh really appreciate you sharing your story and experience today.
1: Thank you so much, Ben. Thanks for having me.